welcome back to See You in My Next Life podcast, where I sit down to talk about some of your favorite mantras. And I suppose that may not completely be true because I talk about all sorts of stuff now related to the manhwa, manga, and anime community. And to prove my point, in this episode, we'll be covering the goods and the bads of what is known as Otome Games. So, hello everybody! (laughs) Nice to see you again. No, talk with you, I suppose. Nice to talk with you again. Can I just say that you are all incredibly patient people? (laughs) Because... I mean, I am fond of leaving all of you guys on cliffhangers, kind of just disappearing for a bit and then popping back in. And y'all are still sitting here patiently waiting for a new episode because you have a lot of faith in me. And I really do appreciate it because (laughs) you guys have more faith in me than I probably do in myself. But regardless of that, I will never abandon you. I would never even dream of it. I will always eventually return with a long-awaited episode that is equally as long in length because I can never stop talking once I get started. Anyway, so why the Otome game episode, you ask? Well, that's actually a great question because a few weeks ago, I received a question slash comment from Jew underscore Aruda20 on my Instagram and she definitely gave me something to think about because, I don't know, she was, she was kind enough to comment and I really, really appreciate her comment. And I realized this is actually a great question um, because she asked about Otome games and whether or not I had played Ikemen Sengoku or Amnesia and what I thought about it. And at first I just wanted to do a short Q&A episode um, about me. But then I was like, actually, her question is something that I feel like we could expand into. I feel like I could talk a lot more about it than just a short, quick response. And mainly because she mentioned both Ikemen Senkoku and Amnesia, both of those I have heard of, one of those I had, you know, played, mostly. I did play a little bit of Amnesia, but we're gonna get into that later because (laughs) Amnesia was questionable for me. Um, But there is just so much to talk about overall regarding Otome games, so I did want to make a separate podcast episode. But let's bounce back to the Otome games exactly. And specifically Ikemen Sengoku and Amnesia, and it's also ironic that those two specific games were mentioned because they encompass what I like and what I don't like in, a, in those games. Quite possibly to a T, if I may say so. So starting with the good, right? <laughs> Let's start on a positive note with Ikemen Sengoku. So I love the setting of this game so much. Like, it's surreal how much I love it. Because many of you probably already know this, but to those that don't, I adore any manga, manhua, anime, or game that is in a historical setting of some kind. I just love it. I don't know what it is, but I feel like it's more of a escape of reality for me. And it's just a little bit different than what I'm normally used to in modern life. Just, and plus... If you, you know, couldn't tell, history is one of my favorite subjects. I'm definitely a history nerd. And playing games or watching shows in a historical setting, for me, is just super entertaining. It's appealing because the traditional clothing and then the war council, the lords and the castles and the titles and aristocracy and the nobility. <laughs> like, it's all fun. It's a, and it's a fun twist, kind of, to what we're normally used to. Although, obviously, times were a lot harsher back then. I mean, there was a huge social divide between the upper and lower classes, the poorer classes, and it was hard to have that middle class, which is really essential to that equality. And obviously, aristocracy and monarchy ended up falling because it was quite literally unfair to everyone else. If you were not extremely rich, you were extremely poor. And yeah, everyone hated that practically. It was it was kind of a system that was doomed to fail. But if I did have a time travel machine, I would love to go back just for a day or two, maybe attend a ball in the 18th century or the 19th century and just see how life was back then 
just to get a glimpse. But anyways, for Ikemen Sengoku, I personally chose Nobunaga's route. And I mean, funnily enough, Nobunaga was actually a real warlord. And, and it's amusing to me because most of the characters in this game are based off of real historical men from Japan or real historical warlords from Japan that were enemies or allies or on the war council and they led Japan and it's it's kind of fun it's funny because what would these men think if they were told that hundreds of years in the in the future they would be animated they would be drawn and put in a game a dating game of all games <laughs> like imagine imagine they would be used for this purpose years into the future they they conquered land they won wars they were known as some of the greatest historical figures and then they got put into this game and that's what their accomplishments led to all of their achievements up until this moment and i, I think it would be really interesting to see what they would say to that but for Nobunaga's route, sadly, that was the only er, route. Oh my god. Okay, I say route, but I most people say route. And I really feel like I should start saying route because I heard that you can say it both ways. But I feel like one is more prominent in like one country versus the other. Like I, I was born from an immigrant mother. So I honestly, sometimes the way I talk is because I pick, I pick up things from her. Like, I'll put the word the in random sentences, or I'll miss-say an English saying because she miss-says it. Like, she'll flip the words around is what I mean by that. I don't have an accent or anything. Normally, that's not the issue that I have. But I'll still end up picking things up from her, the way she talks. But let me look it up. Route, say, saying. Okay, it says you can say root rhymes with boot or route rhymes with about do you pronounce root root or route the word route can be pronounced either root or route in the u.s in britain though only the first pronunciation is common for the noun of root root okay so root is for oh okay in the uk <laughs> i don't know why i do that okay americans can say either way but the british pronunciation is root okay However, I'm American, and I I have never heard an American say root before. Like, I feel like it's always route wherever I go. I get made fun of for saying root. But it's, it's it can be both ways. To those of you wanting to make fun of me, Google it, okay? Google it. And that's what Google says. So no more making fun of Julia, okay? <laughs> I went off on a tangent. I apologize. But Nobunaga's route, Nobunaga's route was the only one I really got to go on, and I didn't even get to finish it. <laughs> like, I know, I didn't even get to finish it. And I'm actually kind of mad about this, because it, for most other Otome games, if you don't finish it, that probably means that you didn't like it, or something else happened, and you really just weren't able to get through um, by personal choice. But this actually wasn't personal choice. I genuinely wasn't able to finish it because of these little wretched things called love points, okay? Even though the name is laughable, we're just gonna move on. That's what they're called. But the but love points are not terrible, surprisingly, due to their terrible name, but because they would not let me continue. I mean, I had you have to gather them through these like lessons, like these royalty lessons. And then after, you have to accumulate enough of them and then use them to unlock the next chapter, right? Right. However, you can also use these quote-unquote love points on, like, clothing or your house decorations because apparently you have a house in this game. You have a house and clothing. And to be honest, for me, I don't care about that kind of stuff. I just want to read... I just want to play the game, read the storyline. So, for me, all that stuff is insignificant. I've never really bought... I never really bought the clothing or tried to decorate my house. My house looks plain. <laughs> it's so plain. It looks so plain. Um, it has like maybe one flower pot in the corner, one sad little picture frame, and that's about it. Maybe a couch for us to sit somewhere, but I, I don't even think it's that lavish enough to have a couch, unfortunately. <laughs> so as you can tell, I don't invest a lot of my money into those material things. 
in the game. But somehow, I accidentally spent my points on those things, on accident. I accidentally bought it. I, I swear it was an accident. It was confusing because sometimes they'll require you to buy clothing to move on to the next level or once again use your points or yada yada to go to the next level after you have this weird competition. I'm telling you, I feel like this game was trying to make itself more interesting. It was trying to separate itself from the crowd of other Otome games and kind of boost the audience's interest by, you know, I'm different, like we have this other whole new system that's going on, so you should play our game instead. But it really didn't work because it ended up backfiring on them. Because this is the sole reason why I cannot finish this game and also the sole reason why I dislike this game. Well, actually, I don't dislike it because, once again, I, I said in the beginning of this podcast that we're starting off on a positive note why I like Ikemen Sengoku. Because I do like Ikemen Sengoku. Like, I actually like the storyline. The plot is interesting. It's cool. The I like the soundtrack. It's interesting to me. Enough said. But sadly, I wasn't able to get my points back. Like, I accidentally, accidentally spent them. I had no idea how to get them back. And... There was just no way, and I, unless I wanted to spend months and months doing those lessons again, which only gives you like 1.5 points per lesson, and then, then you have a limit per day. So I would, I would quite literally, and I'm not exaggerating, what I would quite literally have to spend months to get them back, just to unlock the next chapter, just to do it all over again. I did not want to have to go through all of that. I was like, no, I am sorry, but I don't think it's worth all that trouble. So unfortunately, I am stuck. My character is still in the middle of that route, somewhere in the middle with Nobunaga, but we will never probably know her ending because I will never have enough points to get through. If someone has an idea on how to get them back, please let me know because I would continue it. Like, I have no qualms with that, but I'm just a little confused as to why this whole thing has to even exist in the first place because it honestly makes it a less enjoyable experience for me. I may be the only one. Some people may disagree with me, that's true. But because I know that Ikemen Sengoku is still a popular game, um, but I just, I wonder, does anyone else agree with me on that? Like, if they do, if you have played Ikemen Sengoku, do you agree with me that that is kind of an annoying part of the game? Compared to other games, that is. But let's move on to Amnesia, the second game that was mentioned initially. And of course, I will talk about other games that I like, but I did want to just dive into these first because those were the specific examples. And plus, I was like, why not, you know? I was I would have talked about them anyway. But if I have to be honest, Amnesia scares me a little bit because, I mean, one guy literally locked her in a cage. In a cage in her own apartment. Actually, actually, don't quote me on that. It might have been his apartment, but that doesn't make it any better. It doesn't make it any better because it's still a cage. Okay? Like, excuse me, sir, but that's not okay by my standards. It really, truly should not be okay by your standards either. If you're playing Amnesia, I would have been like, oh, hell nah. Get out of here. Get out of there. Really fast. Okay? Good grief. Good grief. When I saw that, I was... And he was sleeping outside of the cage. And she was sitting there like, what the fuck? And he was just like, good night. Like, good night, my ass, mister. Get me out of here. Where's the key? Where's the key? Okay, sorry, enough yelling. If you're, if you are thinking, Julia, um, why did you play Amnesia then? If you got to the point where, you know, there's some random guy, apparently the love, one of the love interests that's locking you up in a cage or... I'd say the main character up in a cage. Like, how did you get to that point? I would like to proudly say that I have not really played Amnesia. I have not really played the game. To answer, you know, why is it that I know about it? Or how do I know about it? How do I know that it's, you know, kind of creepy? How do I know? Well, I actually saw the anime because sometimes they make animes out of... Otome games, like Hakuoki is one, Amnesia is another, um, trying to think. They definitely have made more, but those are the, the top two that come to mind. I actually didn't like either of them. I liked Hakuoki, and I'm going to talk about Hakuoki later on in this episode. However, 
I absolutely despised Amnesia when I watched it. I watched like the first episode of the anime Amnesia and I could not get through it. She cries all the time. All the time. All the time. She's walking down the street and she just starts sobbing. And okay, I do that too. Okay, I also do that. So I'm criticizing myself a little bit here too. The issue is that I don't want to sob on the street. Okay, I don't. She, like, I'm playing these games so that I can live vicariously through this person. I can be the person that I always wanted to be that I'm sadly probably not, you know? I don't actually cry on the street, but I do cry. I mean, it's normal to have emotions. And once again, I'm not upset at her for crying. If you're going to tell anyone not to cry, you are invalidating their feelings. And that's honestly wrong, okay? Everybody has the right to cry when they want to, how they want to. But it's just, I see crying, like I was raised to see crying as a weakness. Growing up, I was constantly told by you know, certain male family members that I was too emotional. And that made me really upset as a kid. I was like, I was like, really? Like you've told all these other people that they're great and that they're outgoing and then I'm just emotional. And then as, I mean, now that I'm older, I realize that's not a bad thing. Being emotional is in no way an insult. It was meant as an insult by the man who was saying it, at least that's the way I interpreted it, because the way he said it was like hesitant and a little just like rude. It was almost as if I didn't have any good qualities to me. That was just the tone in which he was saying it. So I'm not saying that he was complimenting me because he was not, but I chose to take it as an insult. Like I did. That was my personal decision. And I realize now that I don't take that as an insult anymore. Thank you. Yes, I am emotional. Yes, I do express my emotions. You know, I express to you if I'm happy. Maybe I'm a little crazy. Maybe a little bit out there. And I'll cry when I want to. And I can be frustrated too. I can express that because I have feelings. Because I am human. You know, I find that almost relaxing. And I feel like I can, can connect with people more if they show their emotions. If I meet someone who shows no emotion and I just really can't read them, I feel really uncomfortable in their presence. I'm like, what are you, I just, it's hard for me to get a grasp. Like, do they like me? Are they a good person? Maybe they dislike me. It's just really hard. So now I realize, yeah, being emotional is not a bad thing. But that's the thing is that, like I said, I was raised to see it like crying as a weakness. So I don't want, I don't like crying in front of other people. If I do, I feel incredibly embarrassed. And as a, as an overthinker, I'll be thinking about that moment for a while and how embarrassing it was. So if I do cry, I'll just cry a little bit in the privacy of my own room and then I'll kind of calm myself down. But one thing I don't do is I don't feel sorry for myself and I don't let that affect me for the rest of time. You know, I'll just, I'll pick myself up again. Life moves on as it does. I don't need other people to do that for me. And with Amnesia, I feel like the female lead, I feel like she expects that. She's, she's overwhelmed because she loses her memories. And I get that. But if she was just a little bit more wary of the people around her, a little bit more on her feet and, you know, ready to think about her situation... Because she's a bit too naive and a bit too trusting. And that's what gets her into these terrible situations where I feel like she's just really manipulated by the male leads. Like she doesn't remember any of these guys. And she also doesn't realize that these guys are using that fact to use her. And it's just partly infuriating, but I also just feel sorry for her and it's somehow just really unsettling for me to play her because you know she's her own character in the anime at least but in the otome game like it's apparently me you know what i mean in quotes it's me um and i just i don't know what it was but i felt so uncomfortable with the energy the guys gave me and she just she just didn't know any of them and they were just uh they were like remember me I was your boyfriend. I was like, I have a really hard time believing that. I don't know why. Like, all these, all these five guys apparently were super involved in my life in a great way? I don't know, you know? I don't know. It was just weird. 
And instead of solving anything, instead of being like, okay, yes, this is overwhelming, but let's get up and let's try to solve this and let's try to make some sense out of it. She just sits in her bed. It's like a little pity party. And that's what I dislike. That's kind of what I want to clarify is that's why I dislike the female lead. Um, And yes, I started the game, I think, but I dropped it soon after um, because of this factor. And so I never really got to see how it ended. And I did hear that some of the routes were really sad and just overall pretty chaotic. The whole thing with the cage, like I figured that out through the fandom. Like I did some research on the game, wanted to see what other people thought of it or what other people's favorite moments were. And that's when I found out that he locks her in a cage. So I was like, oh, whoa, you know, I'm glad I didn't get to that part. But yeah, that is certainly something that happens and certainly something that is not enticing to me by any standard. So I did just want to say that about Amnesia. That is why I find it quite interesting that it was those two specific games. Ikemen Sekuku, I do like the plot. Amnesia, completely hate the plot. And I just, I don't know. I did hear it was sad and I don't, I also don't like playing games that are super, super sad because I I play them to cheer myself up, so I don't really want to subject myself to that willingly. But that being said, that doesn't mean that all sad things should just be thrown away. Because sad, some sad routes are good, or like sad songs or sad animes. Like Violet Evergarden is really sad, like each episode is really deep in meaning. And I love that anime, and I was up until like four in the morning watching it and bawling my my eyes out to it because I really, really felt in my heart. Like I just connected with the meaning of that episode and I just could not stop crying because like it really, I just really felt it. And that was good, honestly. Like that kind of, the fact that that anime was able to make me cry for me was like, whoa, that was like really well done. Um, and I, it's like praise for me. But you know, sometimes you need to cry. Sometimes you need to bawl your eyes out. So maybe the people who are playing these sad routes in Otome games also need to cry their eyes out. For me, I just, you know, I seek it elsewhere. But for other people, this is where they get that from. Thirdly, Cinderella Phenomenon. I love this one so much. I might as well say that it's one of my favorites, if not my favorite, of all of the Otome games that I've played. And I haven't played all of the routes yet. I haven't played all of them. Because it takes me like eight hours to play each one. It was was hilarious because the game told me that it took like 15 to 25 hours to play the entire game. And it took me 17.5 hours on Steam to play two out of the five character routes. It took me 17 hours to play two of them. I was like, 17 hours, huh? And it takes, it's supposedly supposed to take 15 hours to finish all five of them? How fast are these people playing this game? It literally takes me eight hours to finish one route. Like, what do you mean? How do people get through like three of them in eight hours? I just, I would not be able to understand that. But anyway, this one is so good. But that, that's what I meant to say was that was the reason why I didn't finish all of them because I'm waiting until the summer. I'll have a bit more time in the summer to play it. But I did do two out of the five. And I loved both of those so much. I would highly recommend you play it if you haven't already because it's really, it's really cool. Not only the characters, but the plot is really unique. And I like the female lead. Like, she's spunky, she's sassy, and I just overall enjoy her. She's a fun character. I remember on Steam, you're able to have your games visible to your friends, so your friends can basically, you know, see what you're playing and when you played them and if you are currently playing them. And so I was playing Cinderella Phenomenon one time, and one and one of my friends just randomly messages me. I just see this this chat pop up as I'm currently playing it. They start making fun of me. Actually, I want to out him out so bad, but it doesn't even matter. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but he started making fun of me for playing Cinderella Phenomenon. He was like, okay, Cinderella. I was like, shush. You know that you also want to live out your Cinderella fantasy. You're just not as bold as I am to do so. I know 100% you'd be secretly happy if I left a glass slipper at your doorstep. You start squealing. You're just jealous. He was just jealous. Just trust me. He was. I know he was. And I told him so. And he denied it. He denied it, but I feel like he knows secretly in his heart 
that he also wants to play Cinderella Phenomenon. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was good. It, it was so good. The, the title of the game is a bit cliche, I will admit. It does make you feel like you're a five-year-old girl again with the title. <laughs> I'm like, am I too old for this? But the plot is, it's good. The storyline keeps you on your toes and it's just... Ah, uh, I don't have the word to describe it, but I really did enjoy it. And the music, like I said, I mean, I enjoyed the music for Ikemen Senkoku. I really enjoyed the music for Cinderella Phenomenon. And music, it plays a big role for me because I get like goosebumps when I hear music that resonates with me or like tingles of some kind, like goosebumps on my skin. And I just really feel the emotion of the music or I'll feel the dramatics of it and... It's really cool for me. And if if music is able to do that to me, that's how I know it's a really good piece. So I really enjoy it when, you know, the music of these games resonates with me. But if you haven't played Cinderella Phenomenon, the general summary of the game is as follows. And I did get this from the official site. Um, so I didn't write, I wrote like a bit of it towards the end just to add some more details. But like the official summary is... Cold-hearted and bitter, Lucette's life is turned upside down by the fairy tale curse, where no one remembers her or knows her identity as princess of the kingdom. She is thrown into a battle to regain her crown in a fractured kingdom where nothing is as it seems, and where the only way to break her curse is to learn to be compassionate. And yes, it sounds mysterious. It's really cool. Lucette um, initially is a really rude princess. She's mean to everyone, very spoiled, very entitled in her position as a stepdaughter. And she gets cursed because of this rude quality. And the only way to break the curse is for her to be kind. And so she basically goes to this small little tavern to make money where no one recognizes her as the princess. So nobody treats her with the same respect. Nobody kneels at her feet or constantly does things to try to please her. You know, she's living now as a normal civilian. And so her rudeness is not something that other people will tolerate anymore. And I, li I like it as well because it's not easy for her. It's not easy at all for her to overcome this. I feel like most people or most games would try to quickly skip over that and make her super nice right away because that's what the people want to see or that's what gets her into those romantic interactions. But it's really unique to her character to be nice. And to us, it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, simple to be nice. But for her, it's not, you know, in the circumstances that she grew up in, in the way that she did, for her, it's an actual struggle and you see her progress and you see her grow over over time, but it's a steady and it's a realistic progression. And I love it so much. She's sassy and even when she's, see the thing is, is even when she's nice, even when she becomes kind and compassionate, she doesn't completely transform personalities. She doesn't go from like the evil stepmother or the evil witch to like a Cinderella or a beautiful, kind, Snow White Aurora princess. Like that's not the kind of transformation. That would be a completely different person then. Um, and you can see that her snarky and sarcastic, sassy character still plays into who she is, even as she becomes more compassionate, nicer, and understanding as a person. But you still see that she's the same person, because, you know, she still lets in those witty comments. She still lets those slide into her speech sometimes and give you a laugh. And it's nice to see. It is nice to see. I think the very first route that I did and... Still, one of my favorites is Karma. He is just... Okay, I'm gonna look up syn enticing synonym. If... Attracting, tempting, alluring, inviting, appeal to. See, because when I go back and edit my podcast, I realize that I'll use the same words like over and over again. And then I want... <laughs> I want to go back to past Julia and start grabbing her hair and be like, why? You know more vocabulary than this. Why do you keep using the same words? Because I'm thinking on the spot. That's why. I'm not writing an essay beforehand where I'm thinking about all the different vocabulary I must use or I should use in order to keep my speech interesting. I was just allured, I guess, if we're going to use another word, by karma. Because, you know, spoiler alert... He is a prince from a foreign kingdom who is put, un put under a curse of, like, 
eternal beauty and you might be like oh but eternal beauty is a good thing but not in his case because in his case as a man blessed with eternal beauty he's got all of these women swooning for him and like so many that they would just never leave him alone that he could never get anything done and he just he feels almost as everybody is not genuine to him and so he dislikes that and he's forced to cross-dress as a woman in order to get all the women to stop falling in love with him unless, you know, they were a lesbian, <laughs> which I'm sure he's gotten multiple times and he's also gotten multiple men falling in love with his version of a woman and so he'll get annoyed at them. He'll be like, bro, stop. I'm not actually a guy. And then they're like, hello? He's forced to cross-dress as a woman, but he is not allowed, I believe, he's not allowed to tell anyone this secret. So it kind of leads to a lot of misunderstandings between him and Lucette, but also him and the other members. And yes, he's not allowed to tell his secret to anyone that is not cursed. Because pardon me, I have not played this, I think, in a year, so I'm trying to remember plot details. And I hope I'm not butchering any facts. But this tavern that Lucette ends up working at, it's all filled with people who are cursed. They're under different curses. And they're all trying to help each other break their curses. And so they they know each other's curses. They know what they, they are and that's why they're trying to help each other. But these people, the, the reason that they're all in this tavern together is because they can't they can't let people, they can't let other people know, like normal people, like the civilians of the outside world, they're not allowed to tell them. Like Lucette is not allowed to tell them that she's the princess and Karma is not allowed to tell everyone that he's actually not a woman and that he's a prince from a foreign kingdom. So they're not allowed to tell them that. But the thing is, is that Karma still hesitates to tell Lucette, even though she's also under a curse and she won't end up falling under his charms if he reveals that he's actually a man. But he's kind of hesitant to do so anyway, because he I'm sure he's not 100% believing of the, that fact. He's a little bit arrogant in the beginning as well as a character, but he also faces growth. And he, he's able to match Lucette in wit, and he ends up teaching her to sword fight, which is taboo. I know, how could a woman ever learn sword fighting? <laughs> yes, how could a woman ever know how to sword fight? Oh, such taboo. But anyway, <laughs> he teaches her to sword fight, and he's the only one at least so far, the only character that I've played that's done that. And I don't know, it's nice to me. I enjoy sword fighting, so I feel like I could really connect with Lucette in that way. Like, she wanted to learn sword fighting, and if I was in her position, I also would have wanted to learn sword fighting. So I was like, oh yeah, you and me both, girl. <laughs> we can resonate on that. I feel more connected to the, to the protagonist, to the female lead, and that makes me even more interested in the game even gives me even more of a reason to continue playing because Lucette is like me and I am like Lucette and if that in and of itself is not cool you get to learn with each route that you play more about the curse more about the situation that they're all in um, individually and just kind of what goes on behind it what put them all in that situation in the first place it kind of progresses with with each person so it makes you want to play all the routes instead of just stopping at one or two. It makes you want to progress um, because it, it just keeps on getting more and more interesting. More and more riveting, if I may say so. <laughs> and number four, Hakuoki. So I did mention Hakuoki before. And before anyone comes at me being like, this is yet another historical, okay? Another historical. We're going back to historical. Before you come at me, just hear me out, okay? Hear me out. It is historical, like Ikemen Sengoku is, but it is very, very, very different from Ikemen Sengoku. It is very different. If you are interested in historical, 100% would recommend, but it is still, once again, different. It focuses on the Shinsengumi. But the backstory, I'll just quickly do a recap. So Yukimura, uh, Ch Chizuru Yukimura, she decides to go in search of her father, who goes missing all of a sudden in Kyoto. And so she dresses up as a boy to go there as she roams the streets because it's, you know, not safe to be a woman. And I would agree with her. I, I actually would have done the same thing in her position. But, you know, she almost dies and gets attacked by these crazy demon men. And then the Japanese Shinsengumi show up to kill these crazy demon men. 
Um, and then she's like, oh my goodness, thank you for saving me. But then they start to debate on whether or not to kill Yukimura because she witnessed the whole thing, which is like, great, great. I was saved from being killed by one group of men just to be killed by another group of men. How, cr how amazing is that? But they end up deciding to just bring her back to their headquarters, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they trap her in a room and then she tries to run away and then they figure out she's a girl. Uh, depending on whether or not you choose, I think. Because you can choose to tell them that you're a girl, you know, as the protagonist. Or you can choose to run away and then they catch you. <laughs> and initially I chose to run away. Because it's like I still did not really want my identity to be exposed. And if I was in her position, I probably would have done that. I mean, this is scary. You're being locked in this in this Shinsengumi castle with these warrior men who are not very keen on keeping you alive. So I definitely want to get out of there as fast as possible. But even if you run, they're going to figure out you're a girl anyway. That's just part of the storyline. So yeah, you can choose to tell them or run away. And I chose to run away and then they catch me. And then if you choose not to tell them and you choose to run away, they'll end up catching you being like, haha, loser, we knew you were a girl all along. <laughs> like, really? Thanks so much. Um, and then they, they were like, did you think that outfit would disguise you? I don't know, something along those lines. Which is funny because all of them, literally most of them didn't know that I was a girl. This one guy, I think his his name was Hijikata. He was the guy that was like, haha, loser. Did you think that you were wearing a, a good disguise? I was like, yeah, I, I think I was, if I do say so myself, because I tricked like half of the other men in your gang. So I, it must have been at least a half decent disguise. Anyway, I think Isami Kondo is a character and he was the only one who didn't know or no, he wasn't the only one. He was one of the only ones. Which I do find <laughs> kind of hilarious. But what I liked about him too was that all of them were like, he's a guy. We should kill him. And then Isami Kondo was like, well, let's not jump to that conclusion, okay? He was He's the leader of the Shinsengumi. And then they all find out she's a girl and they're like, oh, we can't kill her. But we also can't let her go. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if they if this was not as nice group of men, I would have I still would have things to fear if my identity as a girl was exposed. So honestly, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what I would have preferred because for a really really long time none of the men trust her. Like even when you go on their route and even when you're on their route for a really really long time, they're still really wary of you as a person. Um, and it takes a long time for all of them to, like, open up to you um, as a member of the Shinsengumi to accept you as someone who's helping them. But anyway, the rest of the story is Yukimura basically living her life in the Shinsengumi headquarters and trying to find her father and gain everyone's trust, which is both of those things are difficult to accomplish. But what do you know? Apparently, they are also trying to look for her father because he's a doctor and he's a prominent doctor and he also went missing. So they're trying to find him and she is trying to find him because, you know, she's his daughter. So they're like, okay, let's collaborate. We'll try to f look for him together. What a coinkydink. <laughs> they ended up in this situation together. <laughs> um, and yes, there was an anime made out of this one. And like I had said before, one out of Amnesia both of which introduced me to the game versions. Like, I didn't know that there was a game version of Amnesia or or Hakuoki before I saw the anime. And then I was like, oh, okay, this is also an Otome game. And this is also an anime. And I was like, if the game is anything like the anime, I will not like it. But thankfully, I actually enjoyed the game a lot more than I expected. And I'm just not keen on the anime versions. Like, even for Hakuoki... Even though I like the game of Hakuoki, I don't like the anime because it just ends up becoming a harem, like a weird reverse harem that plays out in an awkward way. And I just don't enjoy it. Um, everyone just treats her like a meek little thing who can't do anything. And it's just, once again, so annoying. So I just, once I couldn't deal with the anime. I'm, I'm pretty sure it gets to the point where they don't treat her that way later in the anime, but in the beginning they do, and I think I just couldn't get past that. Maybe I'll try again. Who knows? But in the game, 
they end up treating her a little bit better, some characters more than others, and the storyline is somehow just more tolerable. Maybe because I can make decisions, or at least I, I feel like I have some control over her life, more than in the anime at least. I'm part of the story instead of just watching the story from afar. In the game, you get to know the characters, and then you choose a route, which keeps the romance to one person primarily, or kind of the interactions mostly with one of the characters primarily, with all the other characters around her, of course, but not as creepy. Because in the anime, it's just all over the place. Like, five different guys are just constantly around her and just, oh, and they're all... Just, I don't know what it is, but she keeps getting confused. And that's, what's, that's what always happens in, in reverse harems, I feel like, is that people just keep getting confused. It's like, damn, uh, girl, you have all these suitors, but goodness, it must be exhausting <laughs> to keep track with all that. Like, I just want to sleep peacefully, and then you have, like, all of these different people barging into your room. <laughs> but yes, the soundtrack of Hakuoki is great. The game and the anime, and that is something that I can't hold against the anime. The anime has just as amazing of a soundtrack as the game does. So, that is one good quality of it. And you know I would mention it, because I had mentioned it for the other games that I enjoyed, so I had to, uh, of course, mention it for Hakuoki. In terms of the actual characters, in terms of the actual romanceable characters, I thought that I would fall for Hijikata. Because he was like the guy with the long black hair and the violet eyes on the front page that everybody is apparently obsessed over. So I was like, okay, like I probably would like him too. But guess what? You will never believe. But I ended up liking the one non-romanceable character in the whole fucking game. In the entire game! How does that even happen? How does that even happen? How do I fall? How do I end up liking the one non-romanceable character? Like, and guess who it was? It was Isami Kondo! Like, Isami Kondo! I am going to sue the game developers if they don't make you a romanceable character. I swear to god. Like, I bet the game developers... <laughs> I bet the game developers did not expect this turn of events. Hmm? I bet they didn't. Because... They made him there to be, like, probably an emotional support character, and he ends up being my favorite character. <sighs> uh, I remember being so mad at myself for this happening, being so mad at the game developers for not making a character route for him. And I spent 95% of the time crying about how I couldn't be with him, and how I had to be dragged around by Hijikata, who was my second choice. And then 5% of the time was spent on Hijikata slowly growing on me, but you know, constantly laughing about how serious he is. Like, he's so serious. I feel like if I was actually in that game, I would not like Hichigata at all. Because he needs to tr he needs to cheer up. Like, how is he ever going to find a wife with that grumpy little attitude of his? I would probably steer clear and far away from him if I was actually being held captive in the Shinsengumi. I doubt I would have chosen him as, you know, my first choice. Well, that's because I would have chosen Izumi Kondo as my first choice. That is why. That is why. If you're wondering why in the world I even like him so much, um, compared to everyone else, even though Izumi Kondo is just some dude with spiky hair, well, he's just, frankly, the only one who treats Yukimura with any respect and doesn't underestimate her abilities. Like, he's kind to her during her stay. He even trains her, once again, in sword fighting. <laughs> don't hate me, don't hate me. I like guys who just, they treat you as they, as they would any other person. You know what I mean? She's a woman living in ancient Japan. So it's a dangerous world for her as well. And she's not constantly going to have some guy protect her. Like, that's just unrealistic. So, you know, she wants to learn sword fighting. That's a desire for her and something something that she sees as a necessity. And Isami Kondo quickly and easily and joyfully agrees to do that. And he trains her as he would any of his other soldiers, any of his other men. Whenever she asks him, he does that favor. He doesn't go easy on her in the training or pity her just because she's a woman. And 
he's just he's got this great great personality um and he i feel like he truly wants to help her out and he he is truly a great leader, a good friend to her, a good person to her. I just enjoy that about him. And then, like, I find certain qualities about him just so cute because of that. You know? He's just, uh, he's so great. He's not edgy and full of angst like Hijikata is. He's complete 100% opposite. <laughs> he's like a complete 180, just very, very different. I remember Kondo... Isami, he ends up suggesting that I become Hichikata's page. I'm like, no, I want to be your page. <laughs> I want to be your page. Like, I do not want to be Hichikata's page. Like, he would not even ask me for any help whatsoever. So I would probably just have no responsibilities whatsoever. If anything, I would choose not to be a page. I would choose to be a soldier or a warrior and probably train under Isami Kondo once again because he is the only man in this game that I truly feel like I respect like from the get-go. I mean, Hichikata does earn my respect, but after a while and the other characters, they do, you know, for me also some of them earn my respect after a while, but Isami Kondo is the only one that I really feel like I can trust from the get-go, from the very, very start of the game, that I, I really like his personality through and through. Some of the characters, don't get me wrong, I don't like all of the characters. I think some of the characters are a little creepy. Oh, I don't know if creepy is the right word, but they're just a little unsettling, and I just personally don't connect with that person. I just find them a little off. So no, I don't like all of the characters, but I do like some of them and that's enough. You know, that's enough for me. Um, I just wish that they gave me more choices in the routes that I do take sometimes because I feel like I would make such different choices than the ones that they give me. Like occasionally I'll be like, but what if I want to crawl out the window? <laughs> like, am I not allowed to crawl out the window? Yeah, because you only get like two or three choices max. And so obviously, as humans, we would not only be given two or three choices. It would be fascinating for me to see how I would actually handle the situation if I were there. And what would actually happen? Like what situation would I get myself in if I were really a part of the Shinsengumi in ancient Japan? Like I do think about that um, because the Atome games do only give you limited options, but some options are better than no options. So it's still fun to investigate and work your way, work your way around the game and see what happens with the plot. And last, but certainly not least, is any vampire otome game is absolutely horrendous. It's horrendous. I cannot deal with it at all. They're always so weird. So weird. And I am not making any exceptions on this. None. I'm not making any exceptions. They, Every single one I have encountered, every single one has been just the downright craziest shit you will ever encounter. Like, I can never take them seriously. It's hilarious. I'm just I'm sitting there. I'm like, that really just happened? That really just happened? And it doesn't matter. And what I mean by any vampire otome game, I also mean like any vampire anime or manga. Just no. 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 Like, most of them really are just creepy and... <clears throat> <clears throat> Twilight is one example. If you like Twilight, get out of my house right now. Get out of my house. We will not be continuing this discussion any longer. Twilight is a terrible book. It is a terrible movie. It has a terrible fandom. And it's just terrible overall. And it was the start, probably, of my hatred for vampire-related things of any kind. Like, I just, I don't know. If I want to be a compromising person, I can say that I'm sure it can be good if it's properly executed, you know, for those vampire fans out there. But in my own experience, it has never been properly executed and it just ends up a complete disaster. And one honorable mention for this would be Diabolic Lovers. It is so so atrocious. That anime is the worst thing I've seen in my life. It is so bad. I mean, they abuse her constantly. 
She doesn't do anything about it. She doesn't run away. She isn't like, okay, this is enough. I am fed up with this. One of the guys throws her in a pool. Another one also locks her into in rooms. And oh, lordy, I cannot even begin to describe the confusion I had. I could not make it through the first episode at all. I kept pausing every other second, laughing or crying or cringing or something or other, but I could not. It was absolutely terrible. If you like Diabolic Lovers, please, please, I beg of you, reevaluate what you are doing with your life. And if you're thinking, Julia, that is so mean. You would never say that to someone's face. You are wrong. I would absolutely tell that to your face. If you told me you like Diabolic Lovers in person, if you were standing in front of me right now and you said that you like Diabolic Lovers, I would I would get up, I would slowly back away, and I would run far, far away from you so that I will never encounter you again. I would be scared to speak with you again. I would run away. I would move to another country. Or I would make you move to another country. We could not live in the same place. I just, I could not. I was screaming at the female lead in Diabolic Lovers to run, to run. And she wasn't running. And I was like, girl, what is wrong with you? You have to run as fast as you can and hope they don't catch you. Because you're not the gingerbread man. If anybody gets that reference. Oh my god. Anyways. That is all I have to say about Vampire Atomic Games. I do not want to give any more time, any more attention to those terrible, terrible vampire shows or games of any, of any, any kind. But thank you, anyway, for listening to me rant about them. Thank you so much for listening. We have reached the end of this podcast, but if you would like to stay and listen to my outro, please feel free to do so. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate or leave a review. It would help me out so much, and I would love to see them if you have any feedback for me. And if you're listening on Spotify, please rate my podcast out of five stars. It's a new thing that they implemented, and it would really help me out a lot. I want to give another big thank you to all of you who have made it to the end. It means a lot that you listen through an hour of all of this and you put up with me. (laughs) It really does mean a lot. None of this would be possible if not for you. And so that is why on Spotify, I wanted to give a shout out to the fact that we have so many countries listening. And it blows my mind that my podcast has reached so many people. Because I genuinely didn't think that it would go so far and wide across the world. And one last thing before I go, I'm sure many of you are aware of the war currently going on in Ukraine. And I am Ukrainian, and some of my family members still reside there, as well as many, many of my friends. So this war is extremely real and very painful to me. Ukraine is a country with her own people, her own culture and traditions, language, and deserves to be an independent country. That is not any excuse to do the cruel and inhumane and pure unjust atrocities that Russia is currently doing to the people of Ukraine. None of it is deserved. And I ask that you keep them in your prayers and in your thoughts. Thank you so much once again. And please continue to keep yourself educated about what goes on in the world. It is very important. Anyways, I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye!